Everyone who's good, raise your hand. Lisa's good. Megan's got two hands up. Do you up. see it though? My hands Extra are good. firmly Your hands down. are down. So you're not good? I'm not. Why? I mean, I'm not bad. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't willing and able to follow my own instructions. Well, now, they're, now, they're, now one is up. Uh-huh. <laughs> As he drinks uh-huh. his usual plum wine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hi. Hi. Hello. My name is David Andrew Laws. You've stumbled your way back to dress for the podcast you want. (laughs) (laughs) And we're so sorry. (laughs) It's late at night. It's not that late, but it feels late. It's 10 o'clock. Holy craps. Um, Because we just did a show of Drunk Shakespeare. Yeah. How was it? Uh, I give it a B. (laughs) Stop. It was great. Um, (laughs) It was a a big crowd for a Thursday. It was big. Which is fun. We like to see that. Nice. Um, It was a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun doing Drunk Shakespeare. Um, and hi, Megan. Hello. Megan's here. Hello. She's my co-host. I sure am. With the co-most. You know it. How you doing? I'm good. My body is sore. Why? I don't know. Just today. You had a rough day? Um, it's just a lot of waiting and then being out in the cold and, and then, and then coaching and yeah. Oh, how'd that go? So just a, a whole marathon day of needing to be on or just being out in the cold. Let's come back to that. I want to talk about being on. Okay. Uh, and our guest today. Hello. I've never said your last name out loud. Take a guess. Mm, nope. Okay. Uh, our <laughs> guest today is Lisa Clagus. Clagus. Yes. I wasn't gonna a get hard it. Hard G. So really? I really appreciate it. I've I was, been called worse. So whatever you go with. Clags. <laughs> that, that's pretty bad, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Lisa. Hi. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yes. Uh, thank God for you being here. Lisa is the resident director of Drunk Shakespeare. Yes. Which I am a part of so as an actor. How she thinks the show went is actually how it went. That's true. I was yes. on stage most of the time. I don't have a very good I gauge. watched from at least six different spots tonight. Yeah. I noticed that. I, was I noticed all over the place. that I saw you at one point and then was like, wait, where'd Lisa go? Do you do you usually do that? Do you just like find It depends what spots? I'm watching, but mm-hmm. especially with like sight lines, volume, new actors, blocking. So let's all of talk this. about the most important thing about drunk Shakespeare. Oh, Why dear. did you cast me? <laughs> I thought we were talking about success. What was it about me? I mean, getting no, cast in Drunk Shakespeare is a success. Um, yeah, no, I'm kidding. We we have a giant array of awesome performers that all bring like a totally... But we're not talking about them. We're talking, we're talking about, about you. me. Oh, what? did you just Let pull up our diagram? Let her get into it. I'm sorry. I'm segueing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I have a plan. Um, you know I'm very like verbose. You've just been through two weeks of rehearsal That's with true. me. I'll just... Um, Yes, we find actors who have unique personalities, who play not specifically characters, but play themselves and are interesting people and bring like a deck of cards talent. Like some, who knows what they're going to throw out one day, an ace, a jack, a one, a two, we don't know. Um, There's no one in a deck of cards. Yes, I, you're right. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, in ours there is. He would. One. You would have a one. I brought a one. So I was like, yeah. I also brought a B for some reason. I don't know how this got in there. Yes. <laughs> so where do we put this in the hierarchy? <laughs> yes, they bring a plethora of skills and, and different things. So you are someone that has that. You're someone that has music, that has like motivation in Shakespeare. Obviously awesome Shakespeare background, which yeah. goes without saying. Um but also a bunch of layers to add on to that. I love doing that. That's my favorite thing to do in any show is like, it's goofy, 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 goofy. And then you drop into some real Shakespeare and it's like, oh, 
I felt yeah. that tonight with tomorrow. You did like you feel that, it? don't you? Of course I did. I feel it every night. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that that moment specifically. Yeah, they I, were really because they were that was a very like big crowd, very rowdy. They were crowd. very talkative. They were a thirsty Thursday crowd. Yeah. Like, they started the weekend on Thursday. And the yep. ability to just go, no, you're mine now. A little Shakespeare. It's so ooh. And that's the text that everyone knows, right? That's like That's what people say, but I also I didn't say. know shit about Macbeth. Oop, I said it. Huh? We're all gonna die. What? What? I said We're Macbeth. not in a theater. We're not in a theater. The, all the world's you just a stage. Said again, so uh, that's true. <laughs> I just made that up. Great. Um, <laughs> I've had to say it so much recently because I'm doing Macbeth, obviously, so I say it. And uh, in our pre-K class that Hamilton Dead teaches, we're teaching Shakespeare right now for Halloween. Yeah. We were teaching. Um, so I have to say it a lot. So I just had to sort of fucking get over it. Knackers. Are you superstitious? So I'm personally not, um, but I believe in the placebo. So whatever I can do to get people in the right mindset of doing a good show. So if I'm working with people who are superstitious, mm. then I totally buy into it. Megan, are you superstitious? Um, yeah, I have my superstitions. I opened an umbrella the other day in the theater. You're still standing. I'm still standing. Sauce did it on did. stage too. Yeah. As a bit. And he's fine. He's fine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think we'll be all right. I think it's okay. Lisa. I feel like, yeah. Oh, go on. Okay, I think that on Friday the 13th, we should break as many superstitions. On Friday the 13th? Yeah. When's the next Friday the 13th? I don't know. That's a show. How, I wouldn't When's know that off the top of my head. We'll figure but. it out. Um, yeah. Are what? you a successful person? That's such a scary question. Oh, why? We're diving into the hard stuff immediately. That's the first question of the show. Because how do you measure success? It's up in the air. How do you measure success? So I think success, like looking so as someone who comes from family not in the industry mm-hmm. their my yep. their measure of success is very different like they don't understand what like oh i'm doing a brand new like off off broadway show that is like this really cool derived experimental thing like that's not success so is that a specific example yeah what is that well I'd, i've done like a bunch of devised theater at la mama and stuff which is successful that's to great. me right like so that's really cool, cool. indulgent like created it is it's ensemble driven it's indulgent it's like explorative it's it's all this and i'm like oh i feel very successful because i'm conceiving something from the ground up but their measure of success is like have we heard of the show how many people have seen it how much money is it yeah exactly exactly and especially like i've been doing commercial theater for the past five years plus stage managing commercial theater Mm. so am i am i successful like i think also it boils down to like are you happy and i'm very happy so i would say like that's important so yes i would say yes yes but I also like have the caveat of like there's always this drive, especially in our industry, like yeah, for success to to be met with these parameters that that might or might not apply to what you're doing at any time. You know, we were talking about that earlier about um, we have no weekends. Yeah, we as artists. Yeah, there's no like I I have the other jobs and I go into those and people are like, how's your weekend? And I was like. My what? Right. Yeah, like yeah. eight shows. My huh? well, so I always tell people like I've taught high schoolers and especially taught like college prep and people ask like what's it like going to the city and how do you get into theater and what do you have to do and the one thing I tell people is like you have to be sure that there's nothing else that you want to do because if you don't I haven't heard someone express that in so long but that is so fucking true if it's not your hobby and your passion and your joy and your fun you're giving up so much that it's not worth it like that's what I tell people you might really like being in community theater but if you're not willing to sacrifice like your holidays yeah your conventional like 2.5 kids and a dog family structure, like your weekends. 
Because it can be a hobby. Like, it like, can, it like can, you absolutely. just said as a descriptor, right? It's one of those things that you can just also do it. Yeah. You don't have to commit fully to it. And on any level, like there's theater, theater exists in all kinds of forms in all communities. Like you can, teaching is theater in some ways. Like you can find stuff theater adjacent to, right? Mm. Well, sometimes I get tired of theater. Why is that? Like the audience, you get tired of the audience, or you get tired of not being yourself, or you get tired of. Not of. <laughs> is it the animal of theater? I, that's the thing. I don't yeah. think it's the doing. I love doing drunk Shakespeare. I uh -huh. like genuinely think it is one of the things keeping me happy and sane right now. I was seeing theater the other day. I don't want to talk about specifically what show, but um, I was just sort of watching it. It was a show I'd seen a couple of times. I was watching it again, and I was just like, this is all so, like, what's the word? Contrived? Not contrived, right? Because the word that jumped to mind was fake, and that's not yeah, true. Yeah. But it's so stylized. It's so like uh -huh. there's such a like inauthentic. There's such a world of theater. It's really mm -hmm. interesting. I don't have any like analytics about who does and doesn't listen to the show. I don't know what the ratio of artists to non-artists is, but I I feel sometimes when I approach things that it's hard for me to approach it as a non-artist. Yeah. And I think that's just because I'm so entrenched in theater and art all the time and i'm that's something that i love probably what i love the most about drunk shakespeare is the fact that there are people who have never been to the theater before mm -hmm. people who like have never seen shakespeare before and they go and that's something that we've always tried to do at hamels and dead is like yeah bring in non-theater people um do you find as a director that see this is something i struggle with a lot like you're in an audition and you see people come into audition and they're just like theatering, right? They're being mm -hmm. actors. They're, they have these gestures. They have this like, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like theater with an R-E. It's so <laughs> not -E. that person. Yeah. And it's like they come in and they have a great conversation with me. And then they're like, they do a thing with their hand or they like take a breath and yeah. walk in a circle and then put on this thing that's so not. Some actors take it really seriously. And it's the pressure of the audition, I guess. I, I don't perform, so I'm, I'm not sure where that's coming from. But it just feels like you want to get to know someone and... It's they're not helping you. They're For not sure. Helping. We had someone come into an audition once. It happens a lot with Shakespeare. Someone came in and did an audition with a British accent. Oh, that's and we were like, right. he, he did, did and you it? didn't ask for that. Like, not, it wasn't, no. of course not. And if they knew your material, that wasn't what you did. And then we yeah. were like, he did it. And then I was like, I'm sorry, wait, are you, are you British? Mm. And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, could you just do it? in your own voice then right. and he did it again it was amazing we cast him because like and didn't you say he had a resume like he had a resume of Shakespeare for sure he'd, so oh, he'd, he'd done totally it a number of yeah, times sure. maybe successfully you know what I think is the biggest like misconception and you guys are both performers so I don't know like you're probably keyed into this because you also are on the back end of Tell things it. but people think like maybe because of the pop culture like stigma of like audition and everything the, the people behind the table are not on your side, that they're like out to get oh, you sure. or hunting you. Do you know how much I'm finding? We I need the person that I so need. Good. Like I, I'm rooting for you so hardcore because if you, I have no control over who comes into the room. Like I just sit there and do nothing and hope that they come in. I've been me. on both sides of the table and I can definitely speak to that. Like, that just please. seeing every person and going, please be yourself. Please, please be, be what I want. Like I need you. Uh, I need you, need you. <laughs> equally. I mean, the, the thing that I've heard the most, um, when like training and then like being reminded like whether in a class or something is that you know when you're an actor coming in you were trying to yes you were meeting them you right. can hopefully have like a thing where right. that you enjoy talking to each other even if it's just small talk but you were coming in trying to solve 
their problem. It's so true. Sure. Yeah. And I feel like there's gotten to be this propriety, maybe because of competition and maybe because there's all these people in the business of being like $2,000 headshots or like mm-hmm. $5 million acting classes or help. like this wardrobe or this like you wore the wrong heels so it didn't work. That does exist and I'm not writing that off. Like you should do your homework and be prepared and come into the room in the right way. But I, I think it's like taking it to such an extreme. There is no more consistent advice that has come out of this podcast for actors or non-actors or anybody than just be yourself. And I, that sounds like such a stupid thing to say, but as someone who is currently like on a search for what is myself outside of like the parameters of any other person I have a relationship with. We all are. Yeah. Are we? Oh my God. Aren't we? Yeah. We'll talk about that. We can talk about it now. What are you, what are you fucking talking about? Um, we're on a search. So do you feel like at least in my age right now, um, which is older than 21 and graduated from college. No, I'm 28. So for me, this is like you're on your way towards a lot of stuff in your life and you've passed a lot of stuff in your life. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm in a limbo. Like there's so many things in my life right now that are very good. And by like measuring success compared to other people, like I should be very happy. Like I have an excellent job. Mm. I have a great relationship. Like I have an apartment. I pay my bills mostly. Like things are good. (laughs) Um, No, I do. But but I also feel like I'm adjacent to these like successes that I'm striving for. And it's I'm just waiting for like time to kick in to like earn sure. the right to be like the head of like this giant show or like mm. earn the right to be like in this apartment that really suits me. Like I'm in an, an OK apartment. It's fine. Like I have an OK budget. It's fine. Like, sure. you know, so I feel like in trying to find myself like removing myself from the drive to get somewhere specific that's not going to happen for like. 20 years like how do you get how do you discover what you are in that journey like the people always say like it's the journey and not the destination we have also learned that on the podcast easier said than done <laughs> right right like mm-hmm. totally especially this word success keeps coming up like these these pressures these parameters yeah um but it is it's it's like i feel like i d- how do you define yourself uh i guess career-wise for the people like ah so you- yes so i have what i would say is like a blend of a creative logistical background. So I am a stage manager, a professional stage manager by trade, like an equity stage manager with commercial Broadway experience, but then um, my degrees in directing. Oh, cool. And that's that came out of sort of like going to school and realizing that if I want to be a stage manager, I can learn so much of that on the job, but the things I can't really learn on the job are like how to work with actors and realizing that in commercial world, like stage managers do quite a bit of creative management as well. Yeah. So I was like, why don't I go to school and study directing, and I also have a degree in psychology. So I'm really into like the human brain and all this. And in my directing studies, I realized like, oh, that's actually where I love to be as well. So you could talk to anybody. Uh, Oh, hopefully. I mean, (laughs) this is, yeah, maybe, we'll try. (laughs) Um, And then like, yeah, basically taking that integration of like logic and interest in like managing things, managing schedules, running teams, and doing that. But then I also have a creative background and love being creative. So Drunk Shakespeare is my first time being a resident director. Which is really awesome. And I'm very happy in that world. And I actually think down the line, I would stay in that world if I had the choice. Oh, yeah? Cool. That was my next sort of uh, question was like, what's... The the question I always postulate to actors, right, is right. like, uh, for actors, I feel like it's a very clear goal of what your apex is. Yeah. for actors, it's like, you get to Broadway, yeah. hey, hey. Yeah. Especially for young actors. Um, what's your, like, what's your 
I hope I don't have to choose, right? Like, so I hope I can go stage manage a Broadway production. Because you have. You've worked on Broadway. Yeah. And yeah. I hope that I can keep doing that. And then I hope that I can also be, like, a director at the same time. And I hope I can bounce and be a resident. I think I don't think I want to sit on the same show for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been on the same show for five say, years. Too, too actually, bad. Yeah. And it's been great. But, I mean, I, the, when I started at Phantom, like, the person that was there had been the PSM for 26 years. Excuse wow. the fuck out of me so and that's i admire that like that's a career but the thing that that's changes, a that's a career that's a career which like does capital not happen career. in the theater totally and holy shit that show it was unprecedented like no one yeah, had seen that. something run that long but yeah, i've never seen phantom oh, it's very <laughs> you ever close seen to phantom? my heart yeah on broadway mm-hmm. it's, whoa it's very close to my heart it feels old now when you go see it it's 19 yeah. it hasn't been updated it's like upon a shooting star you Find you go and if you didn't know, we have staged this so that you could see his audition for Phantom. Great. So just put in a good word for him. I, 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 will, I can connect you <laughs> with <laughs> some folks in the front of house team that might have ready, baby. I look great in a mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look great with an ugly face and a mask on top yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, the, my, my caveat is I got to do ugly face on both sides. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I hope that I don't stay. I don't. I don't. I think that I want to bounce around because I like. Even You're gonna leave us? No, 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 no. I'm. I'm here. We're good. Oh, I like okay. that. I. I basically live there. Well, so. you're going to. Sh- Wait, what can we talk about? I don't know. Um, yes, I think we can. Drunk Shakespeare is launching in Chicago. We're going to Chicago, which I'm is not fun going. for me. But Lisa's going. So I've never brought cool? a show to another city. So that is actually a really big stepping stone for me because I've talked with people from other really big shows like Hamilton, and they were like, "What we would love to see from you is the ability to launch in other cities, um, which would be really cool." That is a measure of success for I me. Just, like, it's am I growing? It's gonna be so cool. It should go to Chicago. It should go to Austin. It should go to everywhere. You know what's funny about Drunk Shakespeare? Actually, working there is the reason it doesn't feel like a long-running show is because it's such a, like someone used the phrase startup the other day, which has a mm. negative connotation sometimes, uh-huh. but it's evolved so much that I'm still growing in the show. Like the more For I can sure. work with like really talented actors who come in, like new generations of actors, learn new things about the show. Well, and I think like we talked about earlier, there's none of that pretense around Drunk Shakespeare. Uh, I think it's got its pros and cons, but the pro is that like, something I admire about Drunk Shakespeare and the Shakespeare that I direct in general is like, it's not sacred. Right. Like nothing is like, oh, we can't do that. It makes it accessible. It it makes it accessible and it just makes it like, it makes it sustainable. Yeah, totally. Right? If there's no way that an actor can do a thousand shows of the exact same show and not just give up eventually, right? The only way you can do that is if you have the freedom (laughs) and the ability to adjust and I think that's core in the audience and we should talk a bit about like this new wave of immersive theater which I'm obsessed with I love immersive okay. theater talk about it um sounds dangerous sounds sensual like when it's you put the you put the <laughs> audience members in as your co-stars mm-hmm. I mean and how can anything be the same every night that's not even immersive that's just like what it should interactive. be interactive sure it should be no yeah. just just fucking it's 2018 we all know it's acting nobody's mm-hmm. it's it's like when there were movies first and everyone was watching them and going like oh god there's actually a train coming at me and like that was then mm-hmm. and this is now and now is no one's going ooh look at those people who are actually living in the house they built on stage like there's none of that we right. all know it's theater we all know it's king kong is not real he's a amazing puppet don't get me wrong amazing puppet but yeah. it's a puppet I was pretty convinced that Warhorse was real. It wasn't. <laughs> Harry Potter's not real. Nothing's real. Um, 
Sorry. Except Santa Claus. <laughs> And, and the Easter Bunny and the Sips is wine. <laughs> Nothing's real except these grapes. Wait, no, not grapes. Plum. Plums. Um, Wait, now that we're on like a bit of a food kick, can I, I have a surprise. I brought a surprise. A surprise? My. So I happen to know that David is like, I'm not sure what your exact title What's is. Happening? You're like a brand ambassador for Dr. Pepper. That is my exact title. <laughs> so I picked up some... <gasps> Dr. Oh Pepper no. cotton candy oh and some God. Dr. Pepper jelly beans. <gasps> oh, which oh you good. said you'd God. never try. I have had the cotton candy. I've never had the so jelly beans. So I thought beans. you guys might want to snack on these like, well, while these we are continue jelly talking. Jelly Belly brand. Yeah, they're official and they come in a little oh bottle. Oh my God, Dr. Pepper is going to be so happy. Um, I want to take a picture of this, but I really want to eat it. Ooh, can you not open that one? Yeah, yeah. Can I so open yeah, just this share one. Yeah. So we can take a picture. I'm gonna. It's a little bottle. It's a little, a little Dr. Pepper Dr. bottle. Pepper Thanks, Lisa. Bottle. You're welcome. He's How so cute. sweet. All right. All my guests got to step it up now. Bring Lisa gifts brought, when you come. <laughs> Lisa brought gifts, so you all have to bring tribute. This is a good segue bring time. Tribute. <laughs> while I'm opening my bottle, yeah. to thank our uh, sole Patreon donor for this week, Yes. Laura St. Pierre. Thank you for your uh, donation of $4.20. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, God bless oh you. God. This is my favorite segment of the podcast right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. no, no. Okay, right. Oh, well. So what do you think? What's the verdict? It's not good. It's really? not a good verdict. I don't mind them. I think they taste like Dr. Pepper. Oh, it does eventually. It gets there. It gets a little fizzy. I think you're... So my grandfather used to tell me that the jelly Ooh. bean police would come for you if you bite into a jelly bean. You have to like... What? Keep it in there until the coating's gone and then chew just the jelly. Oh. Well. So that's how I eat them. Sorry, Grandpa. Oh. Clagus. 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 Have some jelly beans. Oops, spilt my mic. Yep. Oh, Megan doesn't like it. Well, I'm not I'm not a soda drinker, so yeah. like. Oh, so you're not you're not a Dr. Pepper brand ambassador. <laughs> this is awesome. This is my favorite thing. Um that was a good success point for me was being a Dr. Pepper brand ambassador. Oh, shit. I yes. think little things that bring you joy yeah. are success points. And it's something we've talked about before. Sometimes I expect things to bring me joy, and then they don't. Mm-hmm. Man. Sorry. Everyone can, like, if you don't like mouth sounds, cancel the rest of this podcast. We, you had a good 20 minutes. but I'm, I'm be, done. I'm done. I'm going to be chewing these for the <laughs> next 25 minutes. So, sorry. That goes back to that whole, it's uh, not the journey, it's the dest. No. It is the journey, it's not the, journey. the destination. Mm-hmm. When I was talking earlier about, wait, hold on. Let's not back up. No, let's back up further than that. What did I say I wanted to come back to at the beginning? Being on. Mm. Oh, my God. <sighs> Exhausting. Talk to me about that. Like my example of it today? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was sitting at an open call today right and you know uh i could have gotten there earlier and there were some people that were that definitely there earlier than i was by like two or three hours um but just like getting there at 11 o'clock and being sort of uh and then being dismissed temporarily because they were definitely not going to get to us before lunch so i was like let go and was walking around the west village for a bit and got like a slice of pizza then came back and sat and it was it was looking like it was going really slowly there was no way i was going to get in the room um and then for and then things started really picking up speed. And then it was sort of that, oh, it could happen. No, they can actually dismiss us any second now. So I was like sort of playing that game and knew that I had a private student here at home that would be waiting for me at six o'clock. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of 
playing like a time constraint game of like, how long can I hold out to see if these guys are going to dismiss us or if I'm actually going to get in the room and get back for my student in time. So it was being on with adrenaline and watching all the other people in it's my It's like position. when you get your places call and then you don't go to places, right? So you get yeah. a place to call and they're there and then you're like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they have to hold and they don't tell you. And it's like, yeah, that feeling of, it's like a, it's like a rubber band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Stretch really mm-hmm. tight. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, did, I did get in the room and, uh, I, the piece that I brought in today, it's a, it's a funny one, but it, you know, the character gets pretty kind of manic by yeah. the end or really pissed off. And I, I did feel like I, I had been waiting all day, all day and was cold. And I, I think I felt a little bit of the remnants of that in the well, room. Well, then you had to come back and teach. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. being on in its own sense. You so teach sort of. Um, sporadically, mm. not now that I'm so busy with drunk Shakespeare, I don't teach so regularly. busy, but yeah, so I teach for busy chunks. with drunk Shakespeare. Mm. Yeah. Those dang, I love teaching. Yeah. Dang new actors. Yeah. They've got me busy lately. Yeah. But I do, I'd say yes, I teach. Those are good. I like <laughs> there this. you go. But I am out of wine though. Um, you don't like yours? You don't want yours? Oh, well we can share. I can I can also just open another bottle of something else. <sighs> yeah, did you want to talk about your version of being on? No. Yeah. Like sometimes I use it as an excuse. Sometimes I use um being on all the time as an excuse to not be on. I'm like, mmm. All right, we're just renaming the podcast David's second therapy session. Um <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you say that again? You use So I fluctuate between being like, I wanna talk to you, I wanna know everything about you, let's be good and right. nice and everything's great, to like, don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't acknowledge me. And I sort of like fluctuate between those things very sporadically. And I think that I like to imagine that those times that I'm off that way are because I can't mentally be on in those moments because it's just exhausting. It's exhausting to be on all the time. And something I'm talking to my therapist about right now is he'll ask me like, it's it's like that exercise we did in rehearsals. Hey, come behind the curtain with us. We're going to talk about You can talk a little bit about rehearsals. I'll stop you if I think we're getting it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Where it's like, describe yourself and you describe yourself and then other people describe describe you. And my therapist has asked me to do something similar and I just have no concept of myself as myself. I have a concept of myself with Megan, and I have mm-hmm. a concept of myself with friends, and I have mm-hmm. a concept of myself as an actor. Uh-huh. But like, I don't, I don't like to spend a lot of time just with myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't. This sort of like the search for self for me right now is figuring out like if I had to describe David, right? That's a really hard task for me that's interesting um because david is there's no sort of like baseline david um i feel like i i I relate to that a little bit in that like i present differently depending on who i'm around of course and also because so many people in my life are so very different yeah i have Mm. like a very conservative family i live in the city i work in theater um I feel like the way I am around different people, like it's it's a total chameleon thing. And like also being a manager, like a young manager, yeah. sure. makes me a different person than when I'm like chilling with my friends. Um, I feel like I don't really struggle with like who I know I am, but I often am not being myself, like consciously not being myself. Whoa. Sorry. 
what's yourself um i think like as i've gotten older and like arguably i guess more successful i'm more comfortable being myself like i'm nerdy i'm quirky um there's the segue. I found it. I you couldn't found find it. it for a while, but I found it. You're a fucking nerd. I'm such a nerd. Oh my God. And I love that. I didn't know I that. I really am. And I think when I was like, especially when I was like 15, 16, 17, 18, you're like obsessed with being cool, right? Yeah. And uh, I got lucky because I get, not lucky, I wasn't cool. But in high school, like theater wasn't uncool for us. Uh-huh. Like Rent had just come out. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> and I was really into it. So like really into it. And then the drama club, like some of the football players did stage crew and like the, some of the popular okay. kids were but like, you play Pokemon go like, Oh heck like yeah. Now. Like, like it might be on right now. Like, yeah. like Lisa plays Pokemon go. Yeah. And we have, I have like every old school video game. Like I'm such a nerd and I'm, I think I'm like goofy and quirky. I think that I look young, but I've always tried mm. to present as like older but mm. I'm pretty whimsical and like pretty, pretty fun. Like try to be fun. <laughs> uh, other people might not think I'm fun, but um, yeah, I'd say like. Your outfit has a floral pattern on it like three times. Yeah. That's pretty quirky. Yeah. So I'm just super weird and quirky. And I think I wasn't always like showing that. And I don't always show it professionally. I think it comes out in theater inevitably. But inevitably. For sure. But like, yeah, I can also like go into a business meeting and be pretty like straight laced, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just Who's in my- your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> I, okay, I hate this question because I have to be honest. It's Pikachu. That's fine. No, what? it's so not fine because everyone says that. But not I, me. But I genuinely like bonded with him since the show. Megan you know? made eyes because I'm gonna challenge her to name a Pokemon. I mean, besides Pikachu, yeah, see, name and, one. and Charmander. There, there you go. go. Is that your favorite? I I don't know if I tell remember. me your favorite. Even if you have to make it up, who's your favorite Pokemon? Furminger. Sure. Furminger? Yeah, Furminger. he's a good one. Oh my God, Furminger. Right? Yes. He's a cutie. He's a cutie. He's that poison grass type. Yep. And he looks like a uh, unmowed lawn. <laughs> <laughs> they did get lazy in the later generations, so that's not a bad guess. They got lazy in the <laughs> beginning. The problem is the eyes changed. That's the real problem. In generation one, they had a lot of triangular <laughs> eyes. Look this up, right? Look, look at the design of Pokemon. I had a lot of triangles. You're proving eyes. pretty nerdy right now to be. To be it's the truth. To speak it's truth. true. I pulled a Pokemon uh, keychain out of a lady's purse today. That's true. It happened stage. in the show. And oh. I could name that Pokemon. I knew everything about that Pokemon. I knew. I knew what was going on. I love Pokemon. Pokemon's dope. Pokemon's dope as hell. And I. I um. I grew up like we. Didn't, I didn't have video games mm. for a long time. For a while, it was very. I lived vicariously through others who had Pokemon and or had video games in general. Um. And now I love video games. And I realized uh, not a lot of my friend group do. Not a, not a lot of my friend group are modern gamers. Some of them are retro gamers and some of them are... I'm honestly more of a retro gamer. Like I, I, I just, I love modern games. I don't games. like computer video games. I'm into VR though, so that's a little more, that's like tilting into modern. I keep waiting. Yeah, some of them are quite good. You just, you can't have it at home yet. Like it's way too expensive. Oh, it's very expensive. So. Um, but I just got Red Dead Redemption. So I got Red Dead Redemption 2. Which is a yeah. new game for the PlayStation, yeah. where you're a cowboy. And today, I uh, was playing a little bit of it between jobs, uh, and then I turned it off, and I'm not going to play it again until for a while. I'm going mm-hmm. to save it for a little bit because I was playing today. Oh no! Oh no! And my horse died. Oh. And. This was the one that you really bonded with? My horse that I bonded with. Because that's what the game does. It says you got to bond with your horse so your horse can get better, so you can get better, so everything can get better. And I named him Teddy. Oh, I'm sorry And he's anatomically correct. And every, sometimes he poops, and he's so realistic, and he died. 
Oh, wow. And I turned off the game. I was like, no, no, no. I turned it off. And I turned it back on. And I don't know if I turned it off in time because when I loaded it back up, the game loaded and it had loaded me back in town somewhere. You might be resurrected. And a sheriff was like, hey, why are you standing so close to me? And I was like, yo, dude, I'm just standing close to you. And he was like, that's it. And then he arrested me. And I was like, what the fuck? So within like the Where's span of two seconds, my horse died and I got arrested. And oh, I was just no. like, fuck this shit. So I turned it off and I'm going to start over like next week. I'm not going to play it this weekend because um, next week, the remake of Spyro the Dragon comes out. Yeah, this week, I'm this so excited for that. I'm so down for that. I love the remake Spyro of Crash Bandicoot. So I love Spyro the Dragon. Megan is got the You're, biggest curious eyes right now. You got a lot of Spyro. He's adorable. Didn't you Spyro's make me so play fun. that once? Oh, I did try to get you to play you Spyro. You can like roast some sheep. And it's fun. Yeah. It's going to be good. You know what's cute? Okay, I'm going to go back to theater for a sec. Like this video game simulated like this emotion for you and it was real for you uh-huh right and that's like what i think makes good theater too yeah it's also a problem in what everything's a problem with me i'm a problem child i, I want to hear your problem first before i respond well but my problem is real it just seems like it's not real because i've been drinking so everything's <laughs> very heightened for me but it's real and it's gonna all right i'm gonna draw you back in the reality is right people say like be yourself and Mm -hmm. like do what you love and like people try to convince themselves and other people to live a life that is fully just motivated by the things that you want to do and the reality is like if i really could just do what i wanted to do i wouldn't do much if if someone was like money's not a problem and are you saying that though because you're doing so much lately like i've gotten to some of those points where i'm like i just want to do nothing but it's when i'm overworked or when maybe I'm, maybe right? it is like that, i feel like, like after you sat for like a month you'd create something brilliant maybe i'm the most creative when i'm doing nothing huh. like i get i go through phases where i'm like i'm exhausted i'm gonna sit i'm gonna do nothing and then usually like in the shower or when i'm trying to fall asleep i have this like creative idea that i would never have otherwise hmm. yeah. i don't get to have that period of down for it though right if right now someone came to me and said i'm gonna pay your rent everything's gonna be taken care of what do you want to do i would want to like lie in bed until i didn't want to lie in bed anymore and i would want to play video games and i would want to eat and go back to bed and i think you'd have a really good idea in there like i Mm. think boredom people especially kids nowadays like not don't want to ever be bored my mom used to make us be bored like she'd be like just sit around entertain yourself and from that comes like innovation and idea Mm-hmm. it's sort of it, I hated it because I'm mm. a very like extroverted person I always need to be doing something I'm the type that does like I really wish I could just do drunk Shakespeare I also love video games I love video games you could do both honey I could do yep. what video games and drunk Shakespeare yeah you could it's pretty much it. my life if well we're, I if also we're being just real. like I didn't like I think I fought that for a while so my mom tells this story all the time when I was uh, when I was in my first play when I was 10 I was in To Kill a Mockingbird and which I, I'm so excited for the Broadway production, by the way. Oh my god, me too. Yep. That's oh, my favorite book. Yep. I'm excited about a lot of stuff. I want to see King Kong. I'm, I'm down for To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, apparently, Beetlejuice is not bad. And no, I'm, and Be More Chill is very close to my heart. Oh, so. I need to see Be More Chill. Um, but I would sit backstage with my Game Boy, and I would sit in the wings, and my mom would go, "Your cue's coming up. You gotta, you gotta get on stage." And I'd be like, "Nah, it's fine. I got, I got, I got." 
And she'd be like, no, you really, you gotta, you gotta go. And I'd be like, all right, yeah, yeah. and I would pause the game and I would go on stage and I would do my part and I would come back off and I would unpause it and I'd keep playing. And like, I, uh, I don't know what the point of that story was just that I'm a nerd. And like, <laughs> some of my favorite times have been like when I've been at a theater and had a space where I could like bring a TV and a console and like game between, you know, on breaks, like whatever. Uh, or like been rehearsing in my apartment back in the early days of Hamlet's and dead and being able to like, I mean, sit and play for a while within these last couple of years, you know, when we were in bigger spaces and stuff and the, the show was up and running already and uh, you didn't have to be down by the box office. You would you go and you kind of remember the last time I acted before Drunk Shakespeare, I was binging Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, that's a yes. slippery slope. I was, I was trying to uh, I'd never I had never watched. I watched. No, no. In college, I watched two episodes and then I was like fuck you, Game of Thrones, you can't keep doing this. Because it would go, hey, I'm Game of Thrones. And then we'd go, nothing, 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 yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. And then it would go, cliffhanger. And i go, oh shit, I gotta watch another one. And it would do that like three times. And I was like, ah, fuck you. So I stopped watching it. They always have a huge event happen right before the last episode. Like, it's almost not like they the know what episode. they're doing. Yeah. And then season seven was coming up. And I was like, you know what? I want to watch this one. So during Midsummer Night's Dream a couple of years ago, yep. I binged it all in two weeks yep wow because i would just sit backstage and i would go on for bottom and then i would come back and watch and then go on and watch it was great it was a great i time. don't recommend that like for no 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 life. all this is bad all this is bad um <laughs> unsuccessful theater <laughs> i'm the worst i'm the worst i'm the worst i'm no. the worst no do you have any advice I feel like a lot of advice has been sort of some advice okay i'm gonna say this, a quote that someone said to me once and I try very hard to follow it, and it's not always easy. But this is, this is my advice. Aside from do anything else if you can, <laughs> right? That's my biggest advice. The other thing that someone said to me at one point is other people's successes are not your failures. Yeah. So yeah. I, in this industry, like, it's so easy to be like, that person's doing great. I, I like them. I want to be happy for them. But it feels like I'm missing out somehow. Mm -hmm. um, as Hamilton, like the musical, of course, the world is wide enough, right? There's enough stuff for people. You can go... Find your opportunities. And I feel like ever since I've tried to like just recenter myself around the fact that like someone can be doing great and that doesn't mean that I'm not doing great or that doesn't mean that I've missed out on something. It's just a nicer way to live in the world because the people that I meet who are like really high like A-list Broadway stars are so giving and so supportive. And I feel like they didn't just become that once they got there. Like they must have, hmm. you know. Lisa was hanging out with some of my favorite people recently. Oh, yeah? Like who? Like Kevin Klein. That was last year. I was hanging out with Matthew Broderick. Oh, Kevin um, Klein wasn't there this year? No, he was there last year. But I love But Kevin Norm Klein. Lewis was at the gala, <laughs> and I he's done it two years. And if everyone in the world were like Norm Lewis, the world would be a better place. Oh he, I saw you him, heard it here. Yeah. I saw him. We were at the stage door one time, uh, seeing him after Porgy and Bess, because a friend of mine was in that, Roosevelt Credit. And he, a woman dropped her scarf in the street and he like got out from the gate, picked it up, chased her down the street and gave it to Aww. her. And he's like that genuinely. And I feel like when I meet Good people man. who are like not on Norm Lewis level and are terrible people, mm. I'm just like, how, you know, like why? It's only, I think people are only terrible because they're making up for like talent. They feel like all the variables aren't aren't lined up so they can't be good. And someone that's fundamentally talented doesn't need to, to be that way, you yeah. know, they're just good regardless of what's going on. So they have room to be nice. Normlewis.com is undergoing maintenance right I now. I think that's probably not his website. <laughs> yeah. 
Really? Mm, I don't know. The, Maybe it is. Is that a fan website? <laughs> no, it says normlewis.com, starring the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway until, oh, until July or yeah, January 31st, 2015. Yeah, like that was... <laughs> yeah. I feel like Norm Lewis's website might have been in maintenance mode for a while. Yeah. Um, have you, do you know Tony Shalhoub? Um, Tony, yeah, like by proxy, because I know John Cariani from the band's visit. Tony Shalhoub's kind of the patron saint of this website. I know, you keep, re- I, I listened to another <laughs> thing where you did a survey on Tony Shalhoub. We did some trivia. Okay. Listen, yeah. listen, I don't know where it came from. I, I like, I, it came to us, so it's a divine thing. That's the thing. I would like to I say that I'm thought, a huge fan. because I hadn't yeah. thought much about Tony Shalhoub ever until we started the podcast. I have to go back and listen to the first episode. I remember why it happened. So I love Monk. Like I've, I've seen so many episodes Never of Monk. Never seen an episode. Yep. And my very favorite childhood movie, Polly. Tony because I have three parrots. Of course, I managed to get them into this podcast. I have three parrots, and you have three parrots. I do. They're my parents. I mean, they're my parents' birds. What are their names? Bud is named after our hometown of Bud Lake. Is that safe to say on the internet? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) And Kelly, who we're like her sixth owner, and she's like sixty years old. But I imagine she's named Kelly because she's Kelly Green. Cool. And then we have Winnie the two. She's a cockatoo. That's awesome. Winnie the two. But anyway, Polly is a movie about parrots, so no one's ever made a movie about. Well, Rio actually did come out, but yeah, <laughs> in my day, yeah. So Tony Shalhoub was the star of that. I, I hear you on Monk, though. I mean, like Monk my, my is parents, so good. My parents love that show, so that was always on in our mm-hmm. house. They're I smart. Should, I They're should smart. watch it. I yeah. love mysteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would I like it? Do you yeah. like solving yeah. things? Do you like putting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then yeah, it's like puzzles. I do like puzzles, and it's yeah. very smart. I feel like though my problem is Megan's so good at watching movies and TV shows. Megan's always like, "Oh, this thing's gonna happen," and I'm like, "Huh?" I'm never. I I'm I'm such an inactive. I, watcher. I think you think I'm that more than I actually am. I don't. I think you're that as much as I. Think I get you are. so frustrated. I've never been watching a movie and been like, "Oh, I bet this is gonna happen." I'm always just like, oh, "That happened!" Oh my god. I I go the Megan route, but I get really angry with TV shows, especially like I was really into Grey's Anatomy until I realized that all these tragedies that kept happening were because people just didn't sign contracts, and uh, I was like, "I'm done with this." Right? My problem is when right. people don't communicate. When someone goes. I want to tell you this. And they go, what? And they go, no, I won't tell you. And I'm like, just fucking tell them. It's very unnatural sometimes. It's yeah. It's bad. Yeah. But if people get like written off because they didn't sign their contract and then they die in some like horrible accident oh, or yeah. like a couple gets broken up because someone's like contract ended, yeah. I get really mad because I, I know that couple like very well by that point. And I'm like, they're meant to be together. It sucks, right? It's just like he got hired on something else. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't with those kinds of things. I was well, a Walking Dead fan until they killed Carl off. So. Spoiler alert. Oh, maybe we shouldn't say that. Then. I've never seen an episode. <laughs> oh, my mouth's okay. all full of Dr. Pepper jelly beans. You're good. You're in a good place. I'm in my happy place. Lisa, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh-oh. Yeah. I have to say important stuff with my mouth's all full of jelly beans. Oh, God. <sighs> okay. So you put more. <laughs> <laughs> you can only get so wet. <laughs> Dress for the podcast you want. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Uh, is a member of the Dimly Wit Podcast Network. You can find out more about them. I'm like holding my cheeks. He's holding his face right now. Uh, Dimlywit.com, where you can hear uh, more episodes addressed to the podcast. You can hear Standby, which is another podcast with with, like sketch comedy and stuff. He's wincing right now. It hurts. Your face is red. I'm so unhappy. (laughs) You can learn more about and support uh, Dress of the Podcast you want on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. 
or by going to patreon.com slash just the podcast where you can give us your hard earned money, which I'm going to spend on Dr. Pepper jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for Lisa for being my guest. Thanks for Megan for co-hosting with me. My name is David Andrew Laws and I am a series of unfortunate mistakes one after the other. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. He's <laughs> <laughs> in so much pain. Hosted on dimlywit.com.